Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. So glad you could join us. Hope you had a good weekend, a good Father's Day. Very hot in many parts of the country, so, uh, well, we'll hope for some uh, a break in that uh, this week, maybe some more... Uh, Pleasant conditions. We'll check in with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson here in just a moment, see what's ahead for us this week ahead. Also, we're going to talk with the president of the National Corn Growers Association, Kevin Skunas. We'll be talking trade as well as Farm Bill and more on the trade situation coming up with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. So we have plenty to talk about today with all that's going on in agriculture and all the different concerns with trade especially, but it's going to be a big week as well uh, when it comes to the immigration vote in the House and we're expecting some an announcement from EPA on the RFS levels and then uh, we'll also, uh, of course, uh, continue to look at this trade situation that right now it's looking very tough. I am broadcasting today from the studios of our affiliate WRAM in Monmouth, Illinois. Later today I'll be moderating a State of Agriculture Forum that they're holding here. WRAM does a great job of uh, serving agriculture in uh, their listing area along with their other stations and again we say this all the time but we're so thankful for the uh, the uh, local affiliates that we have that broadcast uh, Adams on Agriculture and have a commitment to this type of programming serving the ag community serving rural America and uh, happy to be here in Monmouth Illinois today to be a part of their state of agriculture forum so I think we're ready to go we're gonna kick it off just a note back to our uh, to our studios if you would flip the switch for me to take care of my feedback there we go now we're ready to go let's check in with spencer chase at agripulse communications spencer how are you i'm doing good and yourself mike very good well i mentioned i'm going to be uh moderating a panel today here in monmouth illinois a state of agriculture forum i would say the state of agriculture right now is very anxious wouldn't you I would say that's a very, very good way to put it. Between the, the, the farm policy situation that continues to be in flux as uh, the House and Senate look to produce a new farm bill, also the renewable fuel situation, with their, which there's been uh, no shortage of discussion about that. And it sounds like you've got a lot of programming today for your listeners about uh, just what's going on in terms of international trade for agricultural products. There's a lot of things out there making farmers nervous these days. Well, we look back to the end of last week, and we were kind of holding our breath and waiting for that next uh, boot to to fall that next shoe to fall if you will and it did when the china uh, as expected uh, came back with their list of uh, retaliation and um, soybeans finally showed up on the list that's the biggie we've been wondering about right and it was kind of a matter of time really anyone that's been paying attention to this knew that uh, that eventually they were going to uh, hit american soybean producers with a retaliatory tariff and now it's also kind of a matter of time before whether or not we start to see maybe some other agricultural products really get hit as well. Uh, things like uh, corn has, uh, has, hasn't had too much of an impact yet, but it could later on down the road. Uh, pork is already feeling a tariff impact, but what about beef and chicken? There's, there's a number of agricultural products that could be sensitive to retaliation, not only from China, but also from other countries that are also uh, feeling a little bit of an impact of these 232 and 301 tariffs. Yeah, and as we've said before, once you start down this road, it, uh, it's a slippery slope, and uh, it just kind of tends to escalate. So we'll see where this goes. Meanwhile, on the NAFTA front, now we're hearing more and more about maybe working out a deal with Mexico before something can be done with Canada. So it looks like maybe the administration is looking at this, uh, doing the, the deals one-on-one. Right. There's been a lot of talk about uh, a double bilateral approach, if you will, and that seems to be uh, picking up a little bit of steam whether or not this is being used as a negotiating tactic by the administration or whether or not they're serious about the matter uh, still obviously remains to be seen. Obviously, they don't let me inside the negotiating room as much as I would like it if they would. But uh, whether or not the administration pursues the, the full trilateral NAFTA or the two bilateral agreements uh, remains to be seen because, remember, there's a lot of things in, in flux right now. Uh, Mexico is going through an election process right now. Canada has one just right around the corner. And also the United States has some issues that it needs to work out with a midterm election and also some issues re- revolving around trade promotion authority that might need to be sorted out. There's a lot of moving parts in all these individual countries. 
Well, we need some good news on the uh, on the trade front, and hopefully we'll get some soon. But right now, it's looking uh, uh, pretty rough. Uh, let's talk about this week. It's a big week in the House on immigration. What are you hearing? A lot of things going on right now, really in both chambers. There's potential for, as, as crazy as, as it sounds, there's potential for farm bill votes in both chambers here in Washington this week. Uh, it sounds like the House does have so, some sort of a deal uh, to bring some immigration legislation to the floor, which if uh, if you and your listeners will remember, that's what sunk the farm bill in the last round of debate was this uh, spat over immigration policy. And so if those two votes, if those immigration bills should get a vote, uh, House, House Ag Committee Chair Mike Conaway has been pretty vocal about the fact that he's going to ask leadership that the very next vote be on the House Farm Bill. No changes to the legislation that went down the last time, but the thinking is with these folks that were pushing for an immigration vote getting it, that that would change from no votes to yes votes and enable a House Farm Bill to pass and eventually move that legislation into a conference committee with the Senate who could also take up its version of the Farm Bill uh, as, earlier, as early as this week. It was, of, of course, reported out of uh, the Senate Ag Committee last week on a 20-to-1 vote, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley being the, the lone no vote uh, in a dispute over payment limits. He plans to bring up that amendment on the floor should the amendment process allow him to do so. So uh, between the two farm bills, all of the trade discussion, potential uh, renewable fuel standard uh, volumes being released, this could be a huge, huge week in Washington, D.C. for American agriculture. Well, the immigration issue uh, has come front and center once again uh, over the weekend, and it'll be interesting to see what uh, kind of a vote we have, uh, what the, the legislation will look like in the House. What is it? Uh, do they still have two different uh, bills they're looking at? They're still moving a couple of different proposals. There's the uh, there's the Goodlatte bill, which uh, deals with some agricultural worker provisions. There's also a piece of legislation that uh, is being worked on by House leadership at this point. We really don't have final text of any of any particular piece of legislation quite yet, but uh, what we're led to believe is that the Goodlatte bill uh, addresses some things uh, that is uh, really would renew or would rework some of the visa program issues for farm workers. And then also uh, be leaving, excuse me, we're being led to believe that the, the leadership bill uh, would allow a separate vote on farm labor in July, but also uh, would address some of the uh, DACA provisions uh, for folks that were not born in the United States but have lived in the United States their entire life. So a few, a few different things on the immigration provisions uh, moving forward, but uh, it, it all kind of depends on how that clears the path for potential farm bill consideration as well. Yeah, and one other item, we may hear from EPA on their 2019 levels for the RFS. Right, that's that's correct. And uh, Administrator Scott Pruitt has uh, said in recent weeks, and really this is something he's been consistent on throughout the duration of his tenure, is that he uh, is looking to uh, allocate the 15 billion gallons of conventional biofuel. And so that's something that uh, a lot of uh, corn, ethanol, biodiesel, soybean uh, folks are going to be watching for in this volume announcement of that conventional 15 billion gallon uh, allocation, but also looking to see what it does in some of the advanced biofuel targets, uh, biobass-based diesel, things of that nature, and also how do they handle the waiver issue that is continuing to uh, to cause a lot of consternation out in farm country. I uh, doubt they would make any kind of announcements on right. that front here this week uh, with with the RVOs, but we, we are definitely expecting uh, the, the 19 RVOs to come out here All at right. some point this week, and that's, that's per the administrator's comments that he made. Uh, a few times in farm country okay. last week. Thanks, Spencer. Good to talk with you. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. Spencer Chase with AgriPulse. We'll talk weather with DTN's Brian Bryce Anderson next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. 
Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 800-352-1402. That's 800-352-1402. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, it'll be a hot week with all the issues we just talked about in Washington, D.C. It has been a hot last several days through much of the middle of the country. Let's talk about it with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, uh, are we going to get any kind of a, a break in this heat and humidity that we've had the last several days? Uh, actually, Mike, uh, during this week, uh, this uh, pattern uh, looks to uh, be changing quite a bit uh, during the uh, next, uh, oh, I'd say four or five days anyway, uh, because we're going to go from temperatures that have been in this mid-90s uh, bracket with the heat index uh, topping 100 to uh, temperatures that are going to be below normal, and uh, along with that, there's quite a bit of the Midwest that has uh, rainfall chances for anywhere from two to four or more inches uh, during this week. So that is uh, going to probably set crops up for uh, pretty decent soil moisture going into the end of June and then on into corn pollination in early July. Well, that's good news indeed. So what's the, what's the change in the system that's taking place here? Well, mainly um, the... Um, the very hot, uh, high pressure that had been, uh, you know, such a problem, uh, frankly, such a, uh, a real uh, hot temperature uh, producer has started to relax a little bit, and uh, there's, uh, there's more of, a, uh, of an unsettled uh, track developing. Uh, we're actually now setting up to have a, a boundary between some hotter conditions over the southeastern part of the country and then a little bit of a more moderate uh, uh, temperature pattern out of the Canadian prairies and the northern plains. And that uh, boundary is uh, running uh, right across the uh, central part of the country. It actually, uh, this rainfall uh, trend uh, actually has a uh, chance to, to uh, uh, cover an area from uh, North Platte, Nebraska, all the way to eastern Ohio, clear to Youngstown, Ohio. And that's a lot of territory. Obviously, a lot of crops are going to be uh, are going to be uh, taken uh, care of uh, with that kind of a rainfall chance. So it's a, a real potent feature during this week. All right, we're talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, uh, up in the, some of the northern states, they had some uh, pretty rough weather this past weekend. 
Well, there was. Uh, whenever you get this uh, kind of a, a, a real sharp contrast in temperatures, there's going to be the uh, showers and thunderstorms that, that do bring severe weather. And uh, there are some parts of uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin that uh, have been uh, the recipient of uh, the, the very heavy rainfall, some flash flooding, and then uh, some severe weather damage. And, and uh, I know that uh, that took place over some other parts of the Midwest over the past week. But when you look at things in general, uh, it's hard to uh, find fault with uh, rainfall over the Midwest during the month of June, particularly, Mike, uh, with how uh, things have been a little bit on the borderline dry side over some areas and definitely dry in others like uh, western Illinois, uh, northern Missouri, southern Iowa. Even this section of the country is likely to get in on some of this rainfall during uh, this coming week. And so that's where the overall benefit uh, is, is uh, looked at when you, when you look at things uh, in total. Yes, there are going to be some uh, individual areas that uh, maybe have uh, too much at one time, but uh, by and large, uh, the uh, crop condition ratings pretty well point that out, that uh, it's been a uh, pretty good stretch uh, in terms of crop weather right now. And uh, what we're getting this week is going to certainly take the edge off uh, the stress that we saw from the heat over the last few days. Well, good. We hope especially those uh, areas that have been so dry. A lot of Missouri and some of those areas have been so very, very dry. Hopefully they'll get some of this rain as well. What about the, the folks, Texas, Oklahoma, western Kansas? Are they going to get any precipitation? There's going to be a little bit of action in uh, the southwestern plains. Um, I don't think it's going to be enough to cause a big uh, disruption in wheat harvest. And uh, so that's going to, I think, uh, you know, pretty well move along. But as far as any uh, real significant easing of uh, the drought that's going on in the southwestern plains, I don't think we're going to be getting very much. Uh, there's still, um, I think, several weeks to go, frankly, on this uh, dry pattern uh, before the, um, you know, before things uh, show any real sign of easing. Uh, there, there were some uh, monsoon-type uh, thunderstorms that happened in parts of the far southwestern plains during the past weekend, but it, uh, it, it's not a real general drought easing type of situation just yet. And I should mention, Mike, that uh, last week there were uh, El Nino watch notices put out uh, by the Climate Prediction Center of uh, NOAA, uh, indicating that the temperatures in the Pacific Ocean are starting to trend uh, toward a warmer value, which is obviously part of an El Nino formation uh, for later this year that's indicated uh, that's the best chance for the Southern Plains to have more of a sustained uh, round of precip and maybe some easing of the dryness that they're going through right now. Always keeping an eye on those uh, ocean water temps, that's for sure. Uh, when we look at this change that you've talked about, uh, this relief from the heat and humidity and some more moisture coming into the center part of the country, uh, is this a, a, a longer-term shift, or is this just a brief a break for this week? What do you see following this? I, I think that we're going to be seeing uh, this kind of variability on temperatures and then, uh, you know, these uh, periodic rounds of moisture kind of through the balance of the summer, to be honest with you. Uh, the uh, the longer-range forecasts for the summer season, Mike, earlier this year, uh, we're looking at the prospect for June being possibly the hottest month of the primary growing season months, and then uh, to be kind of followed up by uh, milder conditions, a little bit more variability on temperatures, and also uh, some rounds of uh, rain here and there during the uh, balance of the summer. That's the way this, uh, this uh, scenario is starting to play out. So I think that we are going to be seeing um, more, more of a uh, varied temperature trend, and that means that the, the likelihood of a real stressful, hot and dry pattern just kind of setting in and uh, just, uh, j just uh, focusing on the Midwest for a long period of time uh, during the summer, I don't think that uh, that's in the cards right now. 
So, and again, we're speaking in generalities. There'll be exceptions uh, in different parts of the country, but it sounds like maybe uh, for a lot of the uh, crop-producing areas, especially in the Corn Belt, that maybe maybe the worst behind us uh, right now. I, looking, here. yeah, I think I think that's the way things are are, are shaping up. And and uh, when when you have uh, when you have this uh, prospect, and I know a lot of it uh, depends on how the forecast verifies. Uh, it certainly looks like things are, are shaping up this way to have this moderate to heavy round of moisture here over the next uh, week to 10 days, uh, that, that uh, sets up the soil moisture profile to be uh, pretty, um, you know, fairly promising and uh, fairly useful going uh, through the uh, pollination time frame in early July. And then after that, we start getting into the uh, latter half of the summer and, you know, uh, things start to... Uh, like I say, show uh, more of a, uh, a varied trend for the temperatures and rainfall uh, prospects. The fact that uh, we're going into the last of June with this kind of rainfall potential and then uh, soil moisture uh, supplies to be uh, at least uh, stored up to where crops will have something to work with, I think uh, that's a, uh, a pretty decent situation. No, oh, that sounds good. All right, what about internationally? What are some of the areas you're uh, keeping an eye on? Well, the, the main uh, area of the world right now that's getting a lot of attention is uh, in the Black Sea region, mm-hmm. in eastern Ukraine and uh, south Russia especially. Uh, they have been dry, and they're going to stay dry this week. Um, the wheat market, Mike, uh, showed a pretty good amount of interest in that uh, prospect, during the last uh, couple weeks, but that seems to have kind of run its course right now. And then in Australia, things are looking uh, a little bit stressful for uh, southeastern Australia. But again, uh, the uh, market's uh, concern uh, seems to have been uh, kind of uh, one that that uh, has has run its course and and has uh, started to play out. Especially because the uh, wheat yields out of the Southern Plains harvest while not being great, have uh, turned out better than a lot of uh, fears had been uh, because of the, the uh, dryness impact. Uh, we're getting, uh, you know, information out of the Kansas uh, wheat harvest uh, where yields are starting to uh, come in in a number of reports in the uh, mid-30s, around 35 bushels an acre. Uh, and, uh, frankly, that's surprising uh, to uh, a number of growers uh, in terms of, uh, you know, that yield being better than had been feared because of, uh, you know, obviously how stressful it was and continues to be for the uh, dryness in the southern plains. All right, Bryce, thanks uh, for the update, and we'll look forward to the cooler and hopefully wetter weather for the areas that need it this week. Thank you. Sounds good, Mike. Thanks. Take care. DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson, president of the National Corn Growers Association, joins us next on AOA. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Minus signs in the grain and oil seed sector as we begin the trading week. Losses in the wheats ranging from 9 to 12 cents lower. Chicago and Kansas City, 3 to 4 lower Minneapolis spring wheat. Corn futures fought for an hour into the trading day. And soybean futures a fraction to 3 cents lower. Grain traders selling first, asking questions later. Grain and soybean futures start the week lower as trade tensions between the U.S. and China, along with a strong start to the U.S. growing season, prompt some traders to retreat from bets on higher prices. 
prices have fallen sharply in recent days. Shortly after the Trump administration unveiled plans Friday to impose tariffs of 25% on $50 billion in Chinese products, China's state council announcing it would levy penalties of the same rates on U.S. goods of the same value, ranging from soybeans, pork, chicken, and seafood to SUVs and electric vehicles. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue saying he's closely monitoring the effects of retaliatory tariffs imposed on the U.S. by other countries, but he says it's too early to quantify the economic damage or deploy federal tools to assist any farm belt casualties. And again, we've got minus signs, corn, soybeans, and wheat. Weather forecast for the Midwest, frequent episodes of scattered showers and thunderstorms during the next seven days, along with cooler temperatures by midweek. Should allow for a return to more favorable crop conditions after a hot start to the week. Cattle futures backpedaling on this Monday after triple-digit sharp advances on Friday. Clean hog futures in a mix with July up 77, 82.50. Outside markets, the Dow down over 200 points. NASDAQ down 37, S&P down 17, crude near unchanged. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And welcome back again, broadcasting today from the studios of our affiliate WRAM in Monmouth, Illinois. Well, the big talk, of course, uh, right now is uh, trade and trade retaliation, whether it's with China or situation with Mexico and Canada as well. Let's talk about it with the president of the National Corn Growers Association, Kevin Skunas. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Well, good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Uh... Great, great day to be a farmer in the U.S. Uh, weather-wise. Perfect out here. You got great weather in North Dakota, do you? We do. We certainly do. Yes. Had a little well, rain over the weekend and sunshine this morning. Things are looking up. Well, hopefully that's going to spread to other parts of the country, as we just heard in our forecast with uh, Bryce Anderson. Now, what we need is some sunshine with uh, trade and uh, markets, and that's a little harder to come by, it seems right now. Absolutely, we could we could use a little sunshine on on the markets and and our our policy on trade right now. It's uh, it's a little dismal. You've been in Washington D.C. You've been at some pretty high level meetings. Tell us about it. Well, yes. Yeah, so on on Friday, uh, Congressman uh, Kevin Kramer from North Dakota invited uh, a group of North Dakota um, uh, egg egg leaders. I guess you could maybe call it. We had a meeting at the at the White House in the Roosevelt Room with. Uh, uh, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, also uh, uh, USDA uh, Deputy Secretary Steve Sensky was there. Uh, we we talked trade, we talked tariffs, and you know we, you know he went over, you know he he gave us a little history lesson, which you know maybe we needed, maybe we didn't. Uh, you know, actually started all the way back at the Marshall Plan after after the World War II. You know, talked about tariffs and and how you know the the U.S. has been on the short side, and and you know, and we can understand that. However, you know what what I told uh, Secretary Ross is that, you know, when we have when we have tariffs on 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 non-perishable goods, something like autos or steel and aluminum, like we're talking about, it's really disturbing that the shining star for the U.S. trade is agriculture. And, and you know, we're going to take the brunt of the retaliation. And, and also, 
even though, you know, when we're talking about the China a lot, these tariffs with China, you know, why would the American farmer, why would the U.S. have to shoulder all of the uh, responsibility for trying to get, you know, China, you know, to, to play by the rules? We, we think that our, our close allies and our good trading partners should also stand up and uh, have their voices heard in this uh, discussion. Yeah, I think you've touched on the frustration here for agriculture, Kevin, and that I don't think anyone's denying that there are areas that need to be addressed in our trade with these other countries. China, when you talk about intellectual property and things like that, and you can get into all the, with the autos and all that. But uh, it, it is frustrating to hear some of the talk come out of Washington, D.C., talking about how bad these trade deals are when, for the most part, they have been good for agriculture, and it seems like that is overlooked or, or rarely mentioned uh, in the uh, in the national media and the and the coverage of these uh, uh, retaliations and tariffs that are going on right now. It's, it's just, uh, and even the president himself so often talks about how bad the deals are when we know there have been a lot of good aspects to them when it comes to agricultural trade. Well, well, that's what we tried to impress upon Secretary Ross and, and Mr. Sensky that, you know, we, we do have, you know, great trade relations with quite a few countries in ag. And, and yes, we have a, with, with China, you know, we, we buy about $500 billion worth of products from China. They buy about $150 billion from us of that $150 billion. I think $20 billion is, is ag. So, yes, there, there is a trade imbalance there. But, you know, why why should the retaliatory list, you know, include so many agriculture products when when we're doing such a good job of, of trading those and it's such a it, it's such a uh, a bright spot in our trade with uh, most other countries and and we know, like I said, you, and you just mentioned, you know, yes, China is a bad actor in some of this, but why is agriculture and the United States having to shoulder all of the brunt of this? And really, this is becoming agriculture's worst nightmare coming true because so often at the beginning of this, what we heard from agriculture was do no harm. Try to fix these other areas that need to be fixed without damaging what we have built up as far as trade relations and and a good trade situation. Now we're seeing some of that harm. Well, yeah, and so when we were having our discussion uh, on on Friday, you know, there was certainly no promise, but... You know, uh, Secretary Ross said, "Well, you know, if we could just get the, you know, the NAFTA fixed, would that, you know, would that help?" And we said, "Well, of course that would help, especially in the corn industry. If we could get NAFTA signed in, you know, a new agreement uh, with Mexico and Canada, you know, probably, uh, you know, most people out there know that, uh, you know, Mexico is our number one export uh, partner for corn. You know." It's been a great partnership over the last uh, 23 years. I think that this has been in existence, and and we want to keep that uh, deal going. We know that it needed some some updating. It needed some biotech. It needed some electronic trading. You know, there's a few chapters that needed to be fixed in there. But if we could get that that agreement over the finish line and get that signed, that would take some of it off the plate because we've got such a perfect storm right now. We've got in agriculture and, and for the corn corn industry we've got you know nafta that's not signed we have china because just about every farmer in the u.s who raises corn also raises soybeans so this is a this is a huge deal with china we also have the renewable fuel standard that we're talking about ethanol you know ethanol is the number one priority for, you know for corn growers year in and year out and then we've got the uh the uncertainty of a new farm bill hanging over our heads. And a new farm bill would add so much uh, surety to to farmers going forward. You know, uh, crop insurance is our number one priority in the farm bill. You know, farmers rely a lot on that guarantee of, of crop insurance for their bankers. And we'd just like to see all these things uh, come to fruition. And starting with a NAFTA agreement would be a great start. We're talking with Kevin Skunas, president of the National Corn Growers Association. Of course, we're waiting to see if it's going to be a three-country deal or separate deals with Canada and Mexico, and that's what we're hearing more and more about as well. Kevin, um, when you talk with corn grower members across the country, is there an uneasiness, an anxiousness? Do you feel like you, do you sense any wavering of support for President Trump because of all these issues that are out there right now, especially with trade? 
I certainly think there's, you know, there's some talk about it. And, and I don't think it's necessarily that people really, you know, want want to change their mind. I, I think it's pretty apparent that, you know, it was an overwhelming uh, victory for President Trump and his administration in farming country. But people are soon, you know, pro- going to have to vote. You know, I, I kind of say they're going to have to vote with their checkbook because things are pretty tight really tight out in farm country right now uh economically wise and if these trade deals even though we know things have to get fixed if they affect our markets too much there is probably going to be you know some some dissatisfaction in the countryside and and i i wouldn't you know guarantee it but i would think the administration should look you know to to fix some of these things or or the uh you know i i guess they're their uh, advantage in the countryside might disappear. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the farm bill. Uh, We're still waiting to see uh, uh, the two bills in their final form go to a conference committee. Hopefully we're getting close to that. Uh, From what you've seen in the House bill and the Senate bill so far, is there one you like more than the other or parts of both, or how would you describe it? Well, I I think uh, National Corn Growers is is pretty positive on, on both of the bills that are out there. There's you know things that we like about each one i think the you know the senate bill probably didn't you know go into the uh trying to get parity between the uh arc and the plc the average revenue and the price loss you know we, we'd like to see that adjustment a little bit more in, in the senate side you know we know that you know that the house probably is is a little closer to what we are looking at but we're really disappointed you know very disappointed that you know a non-ag even a non-food issue is uh, the one that's holding that up and we we look for in the next couple weeks uh, we know that the the senate wants to you know try and get their vote before the fourth of july we we look forward to that and and anything we can do to help and and also to get it the, the revote in the in the house side would would really be you know good going forward because we are uh, looking at a limited number of days that uh, the legislators will be in session between now and September 30th. How frustrated are you with Scott Pruitt and EPA? <laughs> well, that's a that's a good question. You know, we we're very very disappointed in in some of the the waivers on on the uh small refiners uh waiving the gallons of of ethanol. But I, I think what, what is more important, I think that, yes, we're disappointed in, in some of these things. We're, we're actually pretty, you know, pretty happy with the EPA on, on loosening, you know, some of the regulations that we had. I, you know, I believe that uh, there's still time to, you know, to get at the, at the bargaining table and make sure that uh, these things don't go forward. NCJ is part of uh, two lawsuits uh, that we filed against the EPA on the ethanol issues so as they go forward we have to we have to keep uh, keep discussing this and and hopefully you know cooler heads can prevail and some of these waivers can be overturned and we can uh, you know show that that some of these economic hardships were not uh, met on some of these small refiners yeah i guess if when you're part of a uh, groups that are suing epa that that kind of shows your frustration level right there yeah. well yeah <laughs> Kevin, thanks a lot, uh, and hopefully we'll have better news to talk about next time we get together. Thank you so much. That'd be great. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Appreciate your time. You bet. Take care. Kevin Skunas, president of the National Corn Growers Association. All right. Trade is the hot one right now, especially with these retaliatory tariffs from China. We're going to talk it over with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. That's coming up next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented MyPillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty 
and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to MyPillow.com and at checkout, use promo code FARM11. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heart for a mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Slash sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed at management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 149, Oregon DM80031. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk more about this trade situation with Dave Salmonson, Senior Director of Congressional Relations for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Okay, Dave, give us some positive news out of all this. Anything, uh, <laughs> any any bright spot here? Well, you know, it kind of keeps uh, going along and piling up. But let's start with the bright, and as far as these 
uh, tariffs that the U.S. announced on Friday, which will go into effect on July 6th. You could say, well, there's almost uh, two and a half weeks there for the U.S. and China, to hopefully, to work it out and not have these tariffs applied. Um, but if that doesn't happen and if they go forward, it's going to go forward in two phases. Um, on July 6th, there'll be $34 billion of imports that the 25% duty will go on, and $16 billion will come along at some later date. That's due to the fact that the list of Chinese imported products the U.S. wanted to put tariffs on changed from the original list because of the hearings and comments that people submitted, and they needed to do some more process for these changed products. China said, of course, that they'll retaliate against a like amount of uh, U.S. exports into China, $34 billion on July 6th, and then the $16 billion later on. Um, their retaliation list is much the same as they'd said beforehand, so we have a lot of U.S. Uh, ag commodities on that list, and that will also be at a 25% tariff. So, again, unless um, the governments themselves work something out, uh, this will start taking effect in a couple of weeks. So now it's starting to get real serious. I mean, it has been on pork and it has been on ethanol, but now when soybeans and some other products are thrown in there, this is, uh, I mean, we're not to July 6th yet, but, uh, I mean, we can start feeling some real pain. We're already seeing market reaction to all this. Yes, yes, we are starting to see reaction as the expectation this will be on. And uh, retaliation list, of course, includes things like soybeans and beef, also pork, uh, as you mentioned, and other products that are going to be on there. And, you know, retaliation lists can change, and certain things that are on the first list, uh, you know, if, they, if a product wasn't on, maybe it will be on the later list. So this is a, is a little changeable, but it's been pretty consistent from China that some of these uh, major crops are going to be on the retaliation list. Of course, also we have, um, you know, coming up at around the same time period of July, first week of July, some on July 1st, our uh, potential retaliation from uh, the European Union and Canada and Mexico because of the steel tariffs that the U.S. put on those countries on June 1st. And they have their own set of different retalia retaliation lists. So there's a, a lot to keep track of uh, depending on the commodities, um, if, you know, just uh, at the very beginning of July. On NAFTA... Uh, it sounds more and more like, you know, what Secretary Purdue is saying, well, we might get a deal done with Mexico before we get something done with uh, with uh, Canada. So are they really going to go with two separate deals, you think? Well, there's a lot of talk along that way. and just can't. It's hard to say right now until things happen. Will there be an announce of a deal with Mexico as a way to pressure Canada? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard nothing definite yet whether the NAFTA idea – uh, is going to somehow be set aside, meaning that you're not negotiating all three countries together. You're doing two separate negotiations. Could they come late together later under the NAFTA oversight, or would we move to two separate deals? I think right now it's trying to sort out issues with Mexico. Primary issues there, of course, is autos. That's the hardest of the hard issues that are left. And if they get past that, then they can move to some of the other issues. Of course, Canada, of course, has a strong interest in autos also. It's a huge issue with them. But add on, at least from the ag point of view, the issue of dairy, uh, which is with Canada. So I think you've got a couple different kinds of negotiations going on here. But the outlook of this isn't exactly clear how they come together. And, of course, the when. You know, we're pretty much past the point where you could have a deal, get it before Congress for a vote this year. So some of that, you'd say if there's deadline pressure on that, that's kind of uh, eased off, but I know there's a desire, and certainly American agriculture wants to see this resolved in a good deal, and so we can move on to other things. Well, much of American agriculture, of course, has been very supportive of President Trump and his administration, and many say uh, we're counting on his uh, deal-making abilities, and his, uh, he's going to, in the end, this is all going to turn out okay. But uh, I think even some of the staunchest supporters that are starting to think, Wow, this this is gonna this is tougher than maybe we thought, and uh, it may be okay in the end, but uh, it's are we gonna make it through to get to the end, to get to the to the good ending on this? I mean, it, this is gonna put some real stress and strain on a lot of folks. 
Well, it can. It certainly can, and it's a high-stakes, uh, high-pressure uh, approach to these things. I mean, you do these and use tariffs, again, usually as a tool to get to some other, some other thing. With China and this $50 billion issue, what they're trying to get at is Chinese practices on technology and what they have U.S. companies do to do business in China, forced technology transfers and such, a whole range of issues trying to get China to talk and uh, change some of their approaches on that. And that's pretty much the same with the steel, China, trying to change China's approach on producing so much steel uh, into the world market and affecting steel prices. And you use tariffs as a, as a way to do that. Now, those caught in the middle on that, such as agriculture, which, again, which don't have direct, uh, really a direct uh, interest in some of these fights, um, you know, can get hurt. Uh, so what we're certainly everybody's concerned about when they come into effect, how long do they stay into effect? And you hope as soon as possible, so we don't have the direct effects or any market substitution problems down the road. But it's a high stakes uh, approach to doing trade negotiations. That's for sure. Yeah, it sure feels as we've feared all along. It feels like agriculture is uh, the collateral damage in a lot of this. As we've said, a lot of these issues uh, that need to be addressed agriculture gets pulled into them well dave thanks a lot uh thanks for trying to put a positive spin on it uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully we'll get uh, get some good news before july 6 maybe some of this won't uh, come to fruition but it sure looks rough right now thanks for being with us you bet take care dave salmonson senior director congressional relations for the american farm bureau federation all right we'll continue tomorrow keep you up to date on the the trade situation the Farm Bill, especially in the House with the immigration uh, votes this week. And uh, also keep an eye on the EPA releasing their RFS levels for 2019. Thanks again to our affiliate WRAM, Monmouth, Illinois, for uh, allowing me to use their studios today for our broadcast. Looking forward to moderating their State of Agriculture Forum here in Monmouth uh, this afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Be sure to join us again tomorrow for AOA Adams on Agriculture. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 800-352-1402. That's 800-352-1402. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031.